Hello, welcome to the first episode of the Stick to Sports podcast. For our Never Hedge listeners, if you're not, still your same crew, just with a different title. Here we talk about sports, gambling, mascot fights, Urban Meyer's children, everything in between that. Uh, this week we're joined by our boy beating the bookie. We're going to break down the Alabama-Ohio State National Championship. That'll be at the end of the pod, so stick around for some gambling takes from the guy who never ceases to make us money. Uh, we talk about the line, which is or the total, which is the highest in any national championship ever. Uh, we take sides, Alabama or Ohio State. What number do you want to get them at? We talk about props, all that and more. But for now, uh, we're going to talk some NFL and metaphorically beat a dead horse talking about Jalen Hurts and Doug Peterson. Again, this is a podcast that is going to stalk Urban Meyer's kids on social media for indications of where he'll coach next. We're not above it. We've got some voicemails, but let's introduce the crew for first-time listeners. I'm your host, Christian, joined as always by my co-host, Shane, our editor, Brian, and dyslexic, dyslexic meme guy, Will Halbert. Let's fucking do it, though. Brian, cue the motherfucking theme song. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, Tennis, hockey. Let's just Monday morning quarterback this thing real fast final game of the nfl regular season doug peterson decides to bench jalen hurts with the eagles down three going into the fourth quarter uh much to the dismay of new york giants fans who were relying on a redskins loss for their only lifeline to get into the playoffs uh before we get into that we've got a voicemail regarding this game so we'll take that hey guys it's grant um just wanted to say Fuck you, Doug Peterson. Actually, fucking my dude, too. He's 100-1 to 1 Super Bowl future on the Giants. I mean, they had everything in front of them. Literally everything. I mean, let's, let's just think about the, the strides they had taken, minus Saquon Barkley, and Doug Peterson was just out there to go ahead and fuck everything up. I mean, he should be not only fired, but he should be banned from the United States of America, in my opinion. Thanks, boys. It was actually 125 to one and Grant, thank you very much for your support. But yes, I was actively rooting for the Eagles. I put $200 on the giants to win the super bowl for a net gain of $25,000. Uh, whatever six and 10 probably shouldn't get you, get you in the playoffs anyways. But the, the big conversation here was, is tanking okay in that spot? If the Eagles had won, they would have gone from the sixth pick to the ninth pick. Um, obviously, they have a lot of problems of their own with the whole uh, Carson Wentz situation. But Shane, did you have an issue with Nate Sudfeld coming in in essentially a meaningless game for the Eagles? No, I didn't. And I think that the only thing that that helped with your – Giants future was it made you pay your bookie one week earlier. I don't know. I mean, I guess it would have been cool to have a live playoff future, but I mean, it helps the team eventually. I think Torrey Smith, NFL former wide receiver, he said a lot of former players are on social media lying about how players feel about the last game of the season. So I understand maybe Jalen, he was a little upset. He said, you know, it's not right. Maybe he wanted to get more reps in, but as far as the talking heads, you know, at ESPN, they, it's way overblown. They're acting like someone took him out back and shot him 
I mean, they were really it really offended some of those people on the Monday morning talking shows, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a massive issue with it, but at the same time, I, I you do lose the locker room a bit in a sense. Like Miles Sanders spoke out about it, and you can see Jalen Hurts on the sideline. He was obviously just like confused with the decision. You always want to play to win the game. Like the players on the field, they don't give a fuck about draft picks because they're always playing for their jobs. So I think it's a little unfair to those guys who put in, you know, 16 weeks of work. Even if it's a meaningless game, I don't know. You play to win the game. Heard my words. Uh, in just like the nature of the new podcast, though, it's called Stick to Sports, and a lot of athletes don't do that and you know i'm not trying to get political here or anything like that but for example let's talk about von miller so we know von miller AM graduate first round pick super bowl champion perennial pro bowler uh he did not choose to stick to sports recently his ex-fiance comes out there are these wild text messages essentially him telling her that he hopes she has a miscarriage to abort her child. Just like really bad shit that those are the kind of things that hang over you for the rest of your career, especially, you know, what is it like 40% of NFL fans are women. I don't feel like many Von Miller jerseys are getting sold to females next year. This is the kind of thing that could hang over you come hall of fame time. Personally, if I were Von Miller, I would stick to sports. I would keep this all internal and maybe just not say terrible things like that. But either way, our goal is to just kind of expose some of those situations. So another brief example, Josh Jacobs, after the final game of the season, drives drunk to the airport. Dude, you're making millions of dollars. Just hire hire a driver. That's all you got to do. Shane... When it comes to sticking to sports, what are what's your best advice to an athlete? I would say to use some of those millions of dollars and Uber and then also not be a piece of shit to your ex-fiance. And that is just a little should be simple enough. It's simple, but at the same time it's just so difficult. I just I don't understand why people do this shit. If I was that fucking rich, I would simply, I don't Especially when he's in line for, what, $16 next year? And now he's probably not going to get that. It'd be easier to just get rid of him. You'd think with Josh Jacobs, there's nothing in the entire world Mark Davis would rather do. He'd drop everything at the drop of a hat to drive around Josh Jacobs for a day. All right, one more stick to sports here. So before we get into the NFL playoffs, last week we had... Mississippi State and Tulsa playing in a bowl game, which unfortunately, well, not unfortunately for us, the viewer, ended in like one of the more epic brawls I've seen since Miami, Florida Atlantic, or excuse me, Florida International. But wide receiver for Mississippi State, number four, Malik Heath, it, there's like video of him. He kicks a player like in the chest who's down, promptly runs away, and then punches a guy in the head and immediately runs away. Automatically, I'm like, all right, well, you just look like a pussy doing that. Then after the game, he goes on Instagram live with like his teammates. They're watching the replay of the video and he's like, 
oh man, look at this bitch. I like I got that bitch. Like bragging about it. Like, dude, do you not understand? Like, that's a borderline assault, and B maybe just not a good look to brag about that. You had three catches for 16 yards, like less than 250 yards on the season. Maybe we focus on, you know, your potential professional career as opposed to bragging about like kicking someone in the chest after you already won a bowl game. Stick to sports, Millie Keith. Now that was in honor of the, what was it? It was the armed forces bowl presented by Lockheed Martin. He was just trying. He was just trying out to be a troop. We do support the troops on this podcast, uh, Shane. We do have some NFL playoff takes here. Now, unlike you know our Never Hedge episodes, where we really big time deep dives, we talked weather, we talked you know traditional matchups, all that sort of thing. Broke down red zone targets for first CDs. Uh, we're a little more. Let's just, you know, keep it real right here. So the first game I want to talk about, we got the Rams going to Seattle to play the Seahawks. Uh, first of all, that home field advantage without the 12th man, it's just not as intimidating as going to Seattle typically would be. But there's something I want to focus on here. And that's our quarterback, Russell Wilson, who got off to a great start to the season. He was the NF- NFL MVP favorite for, I think, like the first seven weeks of the season. Uh, the beginning of his career, this is, uh, well, no, let's just talk about this. So Russell Wilson is married to Sierra. Since he started dating Sierra, he's three and four in the playoffs. He's never gotten past the divisional round. And most famously, we're going to call this the future curse. Uh, future dropped his album. Was it purple rain or was it dirty Sprite too? Either way. Uh, I was at this game, Seahawks, Panthers. He dropped the album the night before the game, and Cam Newton had the PA people playing the album before the game while the teams were warming up. Sure enough, the Panthers race out to, I think it was a 28-3 lead, blow past them, eventually got to the Super Bowl. We don't need to talk about what happened there. But since he started dating Sierra, again, 3-4 and four in the playoffs, hasn't gotten past the divisional round. Pre-Sierra, Russell Wilson, 6-2, and two, two Super Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl win. Probably should have been two if Pete Carroll would have just given the fucking ball to Marshawn Lynch at the one-yard line. But I think the future curse is going to prevail here. I like the Rams. I like future. And Russell Wilson's a fucking loser. So I'm saying post-Sierra or during Sierra era, he's going to go to three and five. Seahawks lose at home. Give me L.A. I'm with you there, and that stuff is not stuff you find in a stat sheet. Mm-hmm. It's some great, great info. However, I'm also there, and we are not we're not a gambling podcast, but we're gambling adjacent. And Rams plus three and a half, and money line, we're taking that. Uh, they basically Jared Goff had the worst game of his career basically last time they played, and it was still six to thirteen until the final two minutes of the game. Now, McVeigh, you can make fun of all the announcers and everybody. Oh, genius, genius, genius. He is a really good coach, especially when it comes to coming up with schemes. So I look for McVeigh to dial up a great game plan for Jared 
and I think we're going to get an outright dog here. So consensus pick, Rams, plus three and a half. Bang! Stick to sports, approved. Okay, our Nets game, we got the Colts headed to Orchard Park to take on the Buffalo Bills. My beloved Buffalo Bills. I was chastised preseason for taking them 28-1 to to win the Super Bowl. Well, who's laughing now? The Bills are currently six-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to give an actual, not that my previous take was not serious. It was. It was very genuine. But it's going to be 36 degrees and windy in Buffalo. And I just don't see Philip Philip Rivers like performing well in that atmosphere. Uh, he has the luxury of playing his home games in a dome. Solid season for Philip Rivers, but let's be honest, he's not the quarterback he used to be. I don't know how they move the ball downfield in the air. Jonathan Taylor's been playing great football. That if they can run the ball in Buffalo, they'll be fine. I think Buffalo wins by two touchdowns here. So that is my pick of the week. I'm taking the Bills minus six and a half. I think they roll. I think they're the best team that can potentially beat Seattle, maybe Baltimore. Um, but I just love this Bills team. I'm married to them. So I'm taking Buffalo. Yeah, you mean the Chiefs, but I understand what you meant. Now, That's if meant. if you do throw out the weather games that the Bills have played in, then in terms of like EPA per play and some other like advanced offensive metrics, their offense is just as good as the Packers. So I really think they can expose this Colts defense. And then I don't think, like you said, I don't think the Colts will be able to move the ball as much as people think they will. Before we kind of get into some of our other matchups, I do want to talk about the just kind of the whole COVID situation in the NFL because the Browns have been hit particularly hard. Uh, they were without their entire receiving core against the Jets in Week 16, a game that they lost, which uh, took them out of potentially winning the AFC North. Now they're without their left guard and a couple other players. I'm curious to see. We've seen the NFL, you know, give leniency a little bit. They moved a Ravens game back a few days earlier um, this season when they played the Steelers. Imagine Patrick Mahomes gets like COVID over like Pro Bowl weekend. Let's say if the Chiefs made it to the Super Bowl. Do you really think the NFL would allow? Like, do you think the NFL would let the game go on if Mahomes is out for COVID when, like, one day later he would be cleared to play? I think Mahomes would be suited up. They would they would just hide his test like they did Justin Turner's. Yeah. I don't – I'm just I'm, – I'm a little skeptical of the whole handling of this – of the COVID situation. I feel like the NFL always knows what's in his best interest and isn't going – I don't think they would allow a non-Mahomes Chiefs team to play in the Super Bowl. I think they would like accommodate them. Especially now with I mean it'd be one thing if you know all these people had hotel reservations and you know you sold 90,000 tickets. It's not like there's going to be a ton of people there. It's not the most inconvenient year where you could actually accommodate moving the Super Bowl back a day, for example. But I'm just asking questions. So, yeah, funny enough, the Saints game, they were going to be able without Camara, if that game happened on Saturday, and then a couple other teams that were going to be missing big pieces, they coincidentally all drew the Sunday game so that their players are all going to be suited up. So just much to think about. It just feels like the Browns are getting fucked over. But um, speaking of the Browns, Shane, 
they haven't been in the playoffs in 18 years. So you did some awesome research today. All right, everybody, let's uh, just close your eyes and go back to 2002 for a second. Let's think about that. Shane, what was going on in 2002, the last time the Browns were in the playoffs? The last time the Browns were in the playoffs. The number one song, How You Remind Me, Nickelback. Other Good top song. ten songs, A Thousand Miles, Vanessa Carlton. In the Ends by Linkin Park. <laughs> and You Got It Bad by Usher. The Browns have it bad right now. They do. The Sopranos was only on season three. Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers was in theaters. And there was no MLB The Show or MVP Baseball yet. It was triple play. I don't even remember that one. I'll, uh, I'm trying to think of what else I'd nap. I was busy playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 that year. Also 2002, Donald Trump was still just a guy who made a cameo in Home Alone 2. Bruce Jenner was still just a guy, period. And we didn't know we hated George R.R. R. Martin yet. So it's been a lot, a lot has changed since the Browns last made the playoffs, but uh, Shane, what else do you have for this NFL slate? Yeah, I got a couple more leans. I should say, I don't know. Do you want to, do you have anything for the Washington and bucks game? I think pretty much everyone has the same thoughts there. If they can get pressure on Tom Brady, he stinks when he gets pressure, but they also have a quarterback whose leg might completely fall off at any given time. So I still don't like watching him play football. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable watching Alex Smith play football. I will say, I think if he was like 100%, this game would be a lot more interesting. Just like the tandem of Montez Sweat uh, and Chase Young is terrifying. And you saw what the Saints did to Brady multiple times. Like he cannot, he just doesn't thrive if you can get to him, if you can get home, I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people think. I would expect the bucks to, to win. They should win. They're just better. Um, the Redskins up, excuse me, excuse me. Stick to sports. Stick the to football, sports. Yeah. The football team's offense just isn't that, you know, explosive. You got scary Terry and Antonio Gibson, but they've both been banged up. So, I do think there is the potential for an upset, but I'm rolling with uh, Tampa and Tom here. Yeah, I think maybe if you were to potentially wager on this game, get a second half bucks. They've had some awful first halves. Even thinking about a couple weeks ago to the Falcons, they just seem to get out slow and then make some good adjustments in the second half and pull away. They also have to play on that awful field in Washington. That well, I thing. think it's a good under game as well. Yeah, especially the way that the Bucks want to move the ball down the field in big chunks with their outstanding wide receivers. And Mike Evans is a little banged up too. I don't even know if he's playing. He hurt his ankle, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, I think the Bucks are just too good to lose. I mean, the Eagles were trying to lose, and Washington still couldn't put them away. So we'll see. We will see, and I'll see you. Uh, Dan, other other NFL games. So, Shane, what's our next one up? Sunday morning. Well, the twelve o'clock game on Sunday, the game that we all want to watch: the Ravens versus Titans rematch. There might be a hundred points scored in this game. 
but I love the Ravens here. I really wish the Ravens didn't make the playoffs because they're going to fuck over. I have a Titans future. I also have my Bills future. So this is not ideal for me. I, you just don't want to be seeing the Ravens right now. Lamar Jackson's playing his best football. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is like a man possessed. They had 404 rushing yards in their last game. I still love Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, though. I mean, that that's a duo that can control the time of possession if they want to. That's what you have to do to beat this Ravens team. They're playing at home. I think they do have fans in Tennessee. I'm like, not sure of the exact number, but, uh, God. I think the Ravens probably get their revenge here. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. I'm probably going to take Tennessee just for the, the fuck of it, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that the only way that the Titans get stops is if Hollywood Brown just makes some incredible tro- drops, which he's capable of. The Nets game that day, we've got the Bears and the Saints. Uh, the Bears are 10-point dogs on the road, New Orleans, and Rhett's Grossman ain't walking through that door. So, Shane, I know you're a big Bears fan, but, like, is there any – is there a formula? No, I don't really think so. I mean, we had to get into the – we had to get John Wolford to beat the Cardinals for us to get into the playoffs. I think maybe we could backdoor the 10 that's sitting out there now, but – I'm just going to be watching as a fan. If anything, the over, the Bears offense has been kind of sneaky yeah. good relative to at least the competition that they've played here ever since Trubisky has gotten back under center. I think they've went over. I'm not looking. I don't have it pulled up, but I'm pretty sure like the last six games have went over for the Bears, except for that awful Texans game where they scored like you had the own under, you had the over there and the Bears and Texans combined for like 40 points in the first half and then scored three the rest of the game or something like that. Yeah, that was disgusting. I don't want to talk about that. Um, yeah, I was already like literally counting my my money on that one. I think it was over 48 and they had 37 in the first half or 38 in the first half and it, closed, it finished with like 43 points or something. I don't know. It was ugly. Uh, and finally, Browns-Steelers Sunday night. I'm pumped for this one. I just want the Browns to fucking do something. Granted, they did not look great last week against the Mason Rudolph-led Steelers team. And, you know, they're without their Pro Bowl guard, Joel Batonio. But still, I I just think this. I think they're going to win. They're six-point dogs. I just think that Cleveland's built different this year. So I'm taking the Browns. No offense, but I'm built different. Is that what they are? I don't know how to quantify Stefanski being out. I actually bet the Browns four and a half on Sunday, and now there's no Stefanski, a couple other missing pieces. I really don't know what's that going to do to the game. So, I mean, I'm pulling for the Browns. That's our little NFL talk. Now, the audio quality on this isn't great because it's coming from the UK, but we have a question from, I believe his name is Kevin Hornyson. Hi, uh, this is Kevin Hornison, listener since day one. Um, so uh, online gambling seems to have boomed in the US in the last 18 months. And most people using illegal bookmakers. I, I have friends just discovering gambling and losing more than what they should be doing really. Um, so gambling in the UK, it's a really big problem. It's never been outlawed, but it's heavily regulated. We have bookmakers, uh, with stores on every corner, 
with hundreds of apps available online for online gambling. Uh, my question is, do you see like, ever see legislators embracing gambling like we do here in the UK? And uh, where do you see gambling in the US in five years' time? Thanks. So, Kevin. fortunately, I watch a lot of English football, so I can actually translate that for you. Uh, the question was, gambling in the UK has like, long been legal. It's heavily regulated now. But you can literally walk down like any block in London and walk into a place and place bets right there. Or you can do it directly from your phone. Obviously, in the United States, we're getting a little more open to the idea of it. I, I know Tennessee is uh, legalized in New, uh, New Jersey. Obviously, you can always do it in Vegas. But more and more states are open to the idea of you know, legalizing sports gambling and just gambling. So his question was, where do you see gambling in the United States five years from now? Shane, I'm going to let you uh, bat lead off here. Yeah, unfortunately, in some of these legal states, it seems like the people that are in charge of it don't know what they're doing, and they're kind of jipping us in line. Say they're putting out minus 120s when it should be minus 110s. Now, that's that's a lot if you're placing you know a lot of bets over a long course of time, but hopefully it can be a little better regulated. I know my state, Arkansas, we don't have mobile yet, and I think there's, there's two sports books in Arkansas, one in Hot Springs and one in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And it looks like a Sam's Club, but there's actually a sports book in there. So I think it's interesting. I still haven't checked them out yet, but I think you might also be able to get some rogue lines that some of these casinos and sports books are kind of protecting themselves against people that want to bet on their team. So we'll see. That may be one way that you could attack this. I know Tennessee had like a massive year. Um, it was a huge success for them. And I think a lot of states are just going to look like that. Look at that example and be like, we're leaving money on the table. So you're always going to have your, you know, very conservative states like Texas, for example. I don't see them legalizing weed or sports gambling for a long time. Uh, Oklahoma, another one. Well, gambling's a different story there. But I would imagine five years from now, we're looking at sports gambling being legal in more than half of the United States. That's my prediction. I would say 28 states. Well, I'll go on that number. Yeah, I guess I didn't even answer your question. But yeah, I think it'll be very much more accepted, especially five years from now. It's starting to grow so big. I mean, you can't watch TV without seeing a DraftKings ad or anything. Even the major sports NFL, PGA Tour are starting to accept ad money from DraftKings and stuff like that. The sports books, not the Daily Fantasy. So, yeah, I think it'll be very widely available and acceptable here in the next five years. Well, hey, that's uh, the first part of our pod. Now we're going to go to an interview with our boy, Beaton the Bookie. Beaton, no G, the Bookie. You can follow him uh, on Twitter, at Beaton the Bookie. He truly is one of the better handicappers, very transparent, makes us a lot of money. Uh, let's break down the national championship. All right, this week on our Instagram, we'll be holding a $100 contest for the national championship game. In order to be eligible to enter that, you have to use our code word. Code word is Natty, N-A-T-T-Y, all lowercase. More details will be explained on the Instagram. All right, we're pleased to welcome back our boy, Beating the Bookie. 
He's going to help us break down the national championship game between Bama and Ohio State and tell you, the listener, how you can make some money on Monday night. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Just recovering from a coronavirus, unfortunately. Oof. It only took me out for like four days. I'm feeling good now. I didn't think you could um, get corona flying private. No, I think I got it from my uh, my 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 uh, cousin who's a nurse, unfortunately. Um, but it didn't take me out for too long, and you know there there's a worse time to be quarantined than during bowl season. So um, yeah, exactly. It, it have a lot of at a time. All right, so we've got a pretty solid national championship this year. I was not very surprised that Ohio State beat Clemson. I was on the money line. I was on plus seven and a half Ohio State team total. Um, I do think, though, well, so for the listeners, the lines have settled in kind of right now. It's Alabama minus eight. The total's at 75, which I think is the highest total in a national championship game ever. Um, Let's just start with the line. It was 77. The line has settled down a little bit um, from release. So it came out like 77. I actually tweeted that like that was kind of an asinine total for a championship game. Um, I mean, that's a really high total. It's going to take a lot to get to there, considering in a, in the championship yeah. game historically the teams come out pretty uh, pretty tight. You know, I know one capper who an auto play for him every championship game, every Super Bowl is like no score the first five minutes. Um, so like the, that. The, the, the total was very high. Um, I thought it would come down a little bit. Um, and it has. So I, I think by kickoff, you know, you might see like a 72, 73. It, it just depends on Justin Fields' health, really. I mean, nobody knows right now, um, you know, how his ribs are. Um, nobody knows what Ohio State's COVID situation is, apparently. And they're talking about they might even have to, you know, push the game back if Ohio State's not ready, which I think is ridiculous. But nobody really knows right now. There's a lot of questions. So. Like as of today, you don't really see many player props released because the books just don't know what to expect yet. So I'm looking forward to getting some more certainty, you know, the the closer the game gets. Yeah, I've been kind of going back and forth on the whole COVID situation because uh, understandably it's not really fair to Alabama if, you know, let's say Fields was not healthy and they moved the game back. But at the same time, we really want to see a national championship where one team is just like massively, you know, handicapped. We do. I mean, I would. I mean, <laughs> listen. If you're you're playing a national championship on this date, right? If you're not ready, yeah. Like, look at the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are playing the Steelers this weekend. They have to be ready. If they're not ready, you know, the, the NFL is not pushing the game back for them. Say you have, um, you know, say Ohio State has COVID issues this Monday. They push the game back to like the, the following Monday. What if Alabama gets COVID issues that week? Do you push the game yeah. back another week? It's like a spiral. It's like a spiraling effect that like. They can just keep going and going and going. Um, I think they just need to play it. They need to go with who they have. Um, you know, a lot of Ohio State fans are saying, well, you know, we beat you with our third-string quarterback, you know, in 2014 when they had Cardale Jones. So, I mean, if that's the case, just line them up and play. I mean, it just depends on who is – I mean, who's sick, I guess, or is Justin Fields injured. This is what people are like, you know – like Nick Saban's daughter, she said that they, they were just doing this because field, Fields was injured and they wanted more time for Fields. So a lot of people are speculating. Um, nobody nobody really knows. Um, so it's just one of those things where we're, we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, I, I think that's one of the reasons that helped Ohio State get to the championship game was COVID because Clemson's offensive coordinator 
caught COVID. He couldn't mm-hmm. coach in the game. And you saw a huge drop-off from Clemson's offense in that game. So I think it does have a huge effect depending on who has it and who doesn't. I think a lot of that was on Dabo, though. I mean, the just the total lack of aggressiveness, punting on fourth and two, punting on fourth and three, multiple times at midfield against an offense that, you know, came out firing. I, I, you got to play to win in those games. Yeah. and Especially when you have the best quarterback in the nation and Travis Etienne, um, yeah. Amari Rogers, just – you got to go for it in those spots. So I don't have a ton of sympathy for Clemson. I think they kind of beat themselves as much as Ohio state beat them. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I mean, their I, defense was atrocious. Yeah. You know, you're not going to beat anybody playing mm-hmm. defense like that. Yeah. So. The secondary was awful. Uh, so the total though, 75 points is where it is right now. Are you leaning under there? Uh, yeah, I would lean on the under right there because like I said, championship games, they tend to be tight. Um, and teams come to, you know, they tend to come out a little, a little slower. They tend to play a little safer at the beginning, not take as many crazy chances. Um, so I lean to the under there at the same time. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it went over, um, you know, uh, like a situation where it could easily go over is say Alabama gets out to a 14, nothing lead. And then yeah, Ohio then shoot out. Catch up. yeah. Then it just becomes a shootout and then it can go to 90 points. You know, if it's a tight mm-hmm. game the whole way, I like the under, but I mean, if Alabama gets out to a two touchdown lead or if even Ohio state got out to a lead, I think you're going to start to see a shootout. Um, Yeah. And I feel like it could be one of those games where maybe you take the full game under. And if you have that low scoring first half, you have a decent chance to middle with the second half over. So there could be some value there. Uh, As for the line, I got Alabama at minus seven um, a couple times. I, I really like that number. It, the line's at eight right now. Where do you lean in terms of who do you think is going to win the game? And do you think, if you think Bama's going to win the game, do you think they cover? It's hard to see Alabama losing um, because they really haven't been challenged out all this year. I think they have like one one possession game. And that was the Gators game where they controlled that game pretty much. And the Gators just came back by scoring a couple touchdowns at the end, you know, pretty much when the game was out of reach. Um, so if it, if it's a seven point spread, I like Alabama, but right now I see it at eight, eight and a half. Some places yesterday it was even at nine. Um, if it was at like nine, I, I would lean. I would lean Ohio State only if Justin Fields was like a hundred percent ready to go. Um, yeah, because, and I mean he looks good when he came back. So oh, very good. I mean, and I'm, it, I'm not the biggest Ohio yeah. State fan either, but he looked great, and they have some great players. I mean, Trey Sermon. The guy's been running everybody over for the last two weeks. And then you got uh, Chris Olave, the receiver. I mean, he was just burning guys, like, left and right on Clemson. It didn't matter who it yeah. was. And Fields was throwing some beautiful passes to him. Their tight ends were working. Their blocking was really well. But Alabama, I mean, they're a different animal. Um, so if it's yeah. touchdown or less, I like Alabama. But if it's, like, nine points, eight and a half, nine points, I would have to take the value with Ohio State, even though I want Alabama to win. So. I I, st- I I took Bama at seven be- just because of the field's news as well as Jalen Waddle potentially being available for Alabama, yeah. which even if they use him as a decoy, I'm not, you know, I don't know what his health is, yeah. but they, they're saying he looks good in practice. But that would be just a massive um, coup for Alabama if he comes back, uh, pair him with Devontae Smith. Uh, are, do you see, like, are there any X factors in this game, like, you know, something yeah, that mean, could turn the tide one way or the other, for lack of a better term. 
I mean, Alabama has all the playmakers. You know, I mean, they have just so many guys where I don't even think, like, even if Waddle comes back or doesn't, I don't think it even matters because they have so many receivers. They just seem to breed these receivers, like John Mechie, another young mm-hmm. guy. Um, if Waddle comes back, that's great, but, you know, who we don't know how healthy he's going to be. Um, Najee Harris, you don't know when he's going to catch passes out of the backfield, you know, burn you that way. Uh, like score four touchdowns like he did against Florida receiving. Um, you don't know. I, I think, uh, you know, obviously it's easy to pick like a breakout star for this game. Everybody can say, you know, Devonta Smith, Devonta Smith. Um, for me, I think the most important player is Mac Jones. I mean, yeah. if he is on his game like he has been this season, I don't see there's no defense in the country that can stop him. Alabama played the hardest schedule probably in the country this year, and he tore everybody apart. His completion percentage is insane. He's so accurate. Um, I think, you know, if, if Waddle comes back, it's just going to be, like, really tough for that Ohio State offense, I mean, defense to stop that offense. Um, so we, we've all heard of all the big names on Ohio State, so I don't really see getting surprised by anyone. Um, I could see the, you know, the Chris Olave on Ohio State. I don't think a lot of people in the country still still don't know who he is, um, but he's one of the better receivers in the country. So I think maybe he could become like you know a breakout star in this game. Um, but, I mean, it it was uh, it was crazy just crazy to think about. They showed that picture from a couple years ago with um, Tua, Mac Jones, and Jalen yeah. Hurts warming up, and then that wide receiver picture. You got Rugs, Judy, Waddle, and Devontae yeah. Smith like walking out on the field. Just how freaking loaded this Alabama team is. I, I've, again, I think people are going to overreact to the Clemson game. And that's why I really like that number at seven, if you can get it. I don't know if it's going to go back down there, but I I, I just think Alabama is going to roll. Yeah. You know what's sick is that receiver picture of those four guys. I mean, that's probably better than 20 NFL teams' rosters right now. 100%. I mean, all of, all of those I, guys I, are so good. I mean, and then you have the Ole Miss team with like AJ Brown, uh, you know those guys. I mean, so that that receiving, I mean that that might be the four best receivers like we've ever seen in college on one team, at one time. I think yeah, I think that Ole Miss team it was uh, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. What did they win? Yeah. like six games that year though, <laughs> which like blows they won, my like, mind. Five oh, they games. had a they like five games. They had a tight end on that team too. I'm trying uh, to Evan Ingram. Was. Evan Ingram. Yeah, Evan Ingram. He was Just more like a receiver, unreal. Maxed, maxed as a tight end, you know. But I mean, yeah, it's unbelievable. These Alabama playmakers—they seem to just produce receivers every year. And I mean, Ohio State really do, does the same thing. Uh, one of my friends, my friend for like you know probably like ten years, Brian Hartline. He's actually the receivers coach for Ohio State. Oh yeah. Um, so he's a good guy. He was a good, he was a really solid receiver in the NFL. I know Former he's a Dolphin great coach. Yeah former Brown, former Dolphin. Um, so they got a good coach on their hands. And Ohio State has, you know, they got playmakers too. I'm not going to doubt them after what they did to Clemson. You know, I took Clemson in that game, and I felt really stupid because it wasn't even close. Um, so um, I won't doubt Ohio State any more than I have. Um, but, you know, the, Alabama, I mean, I just they're just a machine. And Nick Saban coaching against anybody is a coaching mismatch. So I'll take that any day of the week. So you, you mentioned like the COVID stuff is kind of books are a little hesitant to put out uh, player props, but 
are is there anything that you're keeping an eye out? You know, maybe this player or first touchdown or anything like that. Where depend obviously the number always matters, but someone that you think is just going to go off regardless of what the number is. Yeah, I like this is usually a dependable one for me. I, I like to take Mac Jones over two and a half touchdown passes. I got that. I think like minus one forty last week. Um, so I don't see how he doesn't throw for four touchdowns. Um, okay. So, I mean, especially it's his last game. It's Devontae Smith's last game. So I don't see how they just don't come out firing. Um, I think Najee Harris will have some success running the ball also. Um, but this is a game that, you know, I wouldn't think that Saban's going to try to line up and just run straight at uh, Ohio State. Um, they did a pretty pretty good job shutting down ETN for Clemson. Yeah. He's one of the better backs in the country. So I think Saban's going to come out with like a pass-first offense where I think uh, Mac Jones is going to pass for like probably four yards, four touchdowns, something like that. And I mean, I'm sure Devontae Smith will get 150 yards because that seems pretty automatic for him anytime he just takes the field. I mean, guys cannot cover yep. him no matter how good they are. And you saw last week, even Ohio State's best cornerback, um, he struggled with Clemson's best receiver. He was getting burnt all night too. So... Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see those guys have a big game. I like to take Mac Jones. His, his passing yardage will probably be set at like 360, something like that. Take the over and uh, over two and a half touchdowns if you can find it. So, Speaking of Mac Jones, I was pretty shocked to see that Trevor Lawrence finished ahead of him in the Heisman voting. Total uh, joke. I just don't get it. I mean, first of all, the guy missed a few games. Alabama played 11 games. Uh, well, I think Clemson did as well. They played, they went 10 and one, but I just don't understand how you, you look at Mac Jones season undefeated massive year. I mean, I, it's cool to see a wide receiver win it every once in a while. It, it just feels like such a quarterback award, but I just thought that was like blatant disrespect to Mac Jones to put Trevor Lawrence number two there. Yeah. I mean, what more could Mac Jones have done this year? He, he pretty much exactly. Uh, he completed like 80% of his passes. Um, he threw for like 40 touchdowns. He won every game handily. Nobody came close to stopping him. I, I remember when the you know they were Georgia was coming to town. Georgia was playing Alabama. They're like, oh, Mac Jones hasn't faced a defense like Georgia in his career, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're gonna stop him. He lit he lit Georgia up. Um, so I don't I don't see anybody stopping, you know, Mac Jones. I don't see how Trevor Lawrence finished ahead of him in the Heisman race, especially because he missed two games. You know, yeah, they did. I, I think yep. maybe one of the reasons that they gave it to him is because he beat Notre Dame, and you know, when he came back. Um, but I, I didn't really agree with that. They're almost turning the uh, the Heisman into like a, a media award, almost. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's it's really weird. You know, you saw like Mac Jones was the. He was basically like the leading Heisman candidate all year, and then before it was like the, the last two weeks, it flip flopped. Yeah. Uh, before the Arkansas game, yeah, it was like it was like oh, before the Arkansas game, it was like oh, Devonta Smith like deserves to win the Heisman, and then it was just like a a PR campaign basically. Everybody, Devonta Smith should win the Heisman, and then he goes from being twelve to one on like December, I think December twelfth, he was like twelve to one, and then he goes to being minus two thousand last uh, last yeah. week to win it. So it's just like, and, you know, it's, it's a weird award. I, I don't know how to explain it. The Arkansas game, I mean, I don't think Mac Jones threw a touchdown, but like, it's not like Devontae Smith played great. Aside, don't, I mean, he had the punt return touchdown, but it, 
it almost felt like the media was just like, we want to give it to a wide receiver. Which I'm not saying Devontae Smith wasn't worthy of the award. Yeah. But just the way that the odds flipped so dramatically was puzzling. I mean, he could have thrown five touchdowns against Arkansas if he wanted. The game was over. It was literally like it was a close game in the first quarter. The the yeah. end of the first quarter came. Alabama scored like I think like four touchdowns and like four. It minutes was like three, was I, three to three at the end yeah. of the first quarter or something like that. And then the game was over within five minutes, and then Alabama just basically ran it the rest of the way because they didn't want to get anybody injured. So um, I I just it's really weird how Mac Jones finished third, and I think that might light, light a little fire under him, you know, heading into this Agreed. game. So we'll see. But it, yeah, I don't think it's possible for for him to play any better than he's played all year already. Um, so, um, you know, I'd be surprised if Mac Jones doesn't have a great game. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. I think I was actually a little happy when I saw those results came out because I, I think Mac Jones definitely has a bit of a chip on his shoulder and he wants to go out and show like, fuck you, Trevor Lawrence. Like I'm also a first round pick and I'm the one playing in the national championship and I'm going to ball out. So let's just kind of wrap things up here. Final Final pick. So it sounds like you're leaning the under here. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna side with you on that one. I, I hate taking unders, but at the same time, I do think there's gonna be a decent opportunity to uh, to get a nice middle if this game yeah. does start as you know traditional national championships do. Uh, and then, have you placed a bet on either side yet, or are you just kind of waiting for numbers? Uh, not yet. Um... I have some Alabama futures tickets from like earlier this year, okay. Um, but I, I haven't uh, I haven't placed a side yet because I'm, I'm waiting to hear. I mean, I'm waiting to hear what's going to happen with Justin Fields because I, I want to take Alabama, but I want that number to get to like seven before I bet yeah. it. So if they say Fields is healthy, Fields is ready to go, nobody's going to miss the game from COVID, then Ohio State will probably close at like plus seven. Um, so if I can get. Bama at minus seven. I'm gonna do that because, you know, I, I, you know, they're just too good of a team not to, you know, not to cover by a touchdown. In my opinion, I, Ohio State, if they want to win, they gotta play perfect. Like they played perfect against Clemson. It's hard for teams to do that back to back weeks. You know, I don't think Justin Fields can play as well as he did against Clemson, against Alabama. So, um, I lean yeah. towards Alabama and uh, reluctantly the under. So. Yeah, Bama's not a team that makes like a ton of mistakes. Granted, you know, I think what was it, two a few years ago, through that pick six on the first play. Yeah. But you really need things like that if you're going to beat this team. Uh, uh, if Ohio State can't, can't like force a few turnovers to just have a few wacky plays, I don't know, maybe like a blocked kick or something like that. I I think you're good with Bama minus seven. So that's kind of where I'm feeling, but. We're definitely on the same page there. Mac Jones over passing touchdowns. The kid doesn't miss. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he had a four or five touchdowns in this one. I think uh, another guy that could have a good game is Trey Sermon. Um, but, you know, if Alabama shuts him down early, I think that can, um, you know, pretty much close the deal right there. I think Sermon's a big key for Ohio State. And if he, if he doesn't get going – I mean, you can see their offense kind of stall because you know, the the two games, the last two games where uh, Ohio State's had a lot of success, it's because Sermon's had huge games, and he hadn't had big games like the entire season. He just came 
alive in the Big Ten championship and the the semifinal against Clemson. So if he doesn't have a big game, I think Ohio State could be in trouble, especially if Fields is injured and he has to throw more. You know that you know that that Nick Saban defense is going to send guys at the quarterback. They're going to hit him. They're going to hit him late. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting just to see his health in this one. So I, I can't wait for the game, and I hope they play it Monday night. I don't think it's it will be right to push it back. I guess we'll just have to see what what happens. Yeah. Well, hey man, it's always good to have you on. You want to tell our listeners uh, where they can find you and uh, your website, social media, that sort of thing. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at, at Beaten the Bookie. That's with no G, Beaten the Bookie. My website is beatenthebookie.com. And uh, I'm on Instagram too, but I'm mostly on Twitter. I'm on Parlor now also. Um, so you can just find me there. If you got any questions, just shoot me an email. The link is on site. Or you can just give me a tweet. And I usually answer everybody back who I like. So um, just mention that you heard me on this podcast, and I'll make sure I get back to you. Well, hey, man, you've uh, you've made me a solid amount of money over the years, so we always enjoy having you on, and I appreciate you taking the time. But, uh, hey, let's make some money on Monday night, and we'll talk to you again soon, bud. No problem. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. All right, that was our boy BTB. Always great to have him on. As they say, this kid don't miss. He really doesn't. So uh, just check out his Twitter once. Player props are a little more available when we have like the whole COVID situation figured out. That's where you want to go. Um, you'll make some easy money. I promise you that. But before we wrap up and get to our final thoughts, I just want to, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask Brian, how was your weekend? Cause we haven't really talked to you. Weekend was okay. No, uh, no big bets. To be honest, I think uh, I put some money on USA. They, proceeded to get absolutely waxed i think it was by sweden um made it all back the other night and they went on to win gold so can't complain did you do anything fun didn't do anything fun um kind of just been hanging out at home just uh yeah nothing fun honestly did you go to work i didn't go to work either good thing did go to work this week which sucks did i mean did you did you watch tv that wasn't sports related yeah did you do anything? <laughs> Why I'm being pressed right now? I'm trying to think now. Uh, How the, was the Bachelor? The Bachelor was great. Uh, big fan. Stick of to it. sports. Stick Brian. to sports. Brian, Come on, this man. is not on, a dude. fucking a Bachelor podcast. podcast. It's a sports podcast. Oh my god! I'll see my way out. Brian, stick to sports. Jesus that was god. a nice two two to one plus two hundred on the USA money line against Canada. Oh yeah. God, Cash that was it. a lot harder than I thought it would be to get you to fucking say something non-sports related. <laughs> but, all right, folks, that's episode one of Six of Sports. Brian, Shane, Will, me. Brian, Shane, Will. Yeah, me. Okay, I got everyone. Uh, that's the four of us, guys. It was a little, a little rough around the edges, but we'll be back here every week, twice a week. We'll have some gambling takes. We'll just have weird shit. We've got a good interview next week with our boy Stucky. At Stucky2, if you don't follow him on uh, Twitter, S-T-U-C-K-E-Y-2. He's going to help us break down the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. So we'll have some gambling takes for you. We're going to stick to sports, though. No bachelor talk, Brian. We'll see you next week. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, 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 tennis, hockey.